to the Apple School Podcast. This is Mike. And this is Vladimir. And today we're talking about my favorite topic, the power of video game. Wow. That's not my favorite topic, but still, I think I will learn something new. You know what, Vladimir? You don't strike me as a gamer. You see, okay. yeah, you see a gamer knows a gamer when he sees <laughs> one, right? So this was, um, yeah, I'd say you're not a gamer, so you're a newbie, but we will call a noob. Yeah, yeah. a noob. And we'll go easy on you today. Okay, okay. So, what is the video gaming industry worth worldwide? Well, okay. So, let's dive into some statistics here, okay? So, in 2014, guess how much this industry was worth? So, six years ago, right? And we're not talking about millions here. We're talking about B, billions. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, you guess a rough, rough estimate, and I'll tell you the real answer. Okay, I'll try. Maybe 40 or 50 billion? Try doubling that. Wow. Try doubling that. 81.5 billion. 2014. Yeah. Now, compare this to the movie industry. The global film industry around the world, so including TV, yes, was worth less than half that. Yeah, it was worth something like 35, okay. 36 at the time. So by then, we could see in 2014, the gay video gaming industry was by far the most profitable entertainment industry in the world, far surpassing music and movies. Yeah. So in 2018, this is an interesting part. How much? It, um, think about how much it had grown. Have a guess. Maybe it doubled or something like that. Almost, almost. It actually was worth 134 billion. So you can oh, see the that's... the incredible exponential growth by then. And the year later. 2019, last year, it was worth 152 billion. So you can see it just grows and grows yes, and grows. Right. It's a real growth industry, right? Because it's just, it just, it's just, everybody loves it. Everybody is in tune with it, right? I mean, even the, even the, even the, even the youngest to the oldest, they just love this thing, right? Okay. So why do you think it's growing so rapidly? Is it because it's so popular with all the people? Yeah, I, I just think that it's such a powerful force in the world today because it just caters to so many kinds of people now, right? Now, not back then, but now. Yeah. yeah? So as I said before, young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, male, female, story lovers to even thrill seekers. You know, especially now that everybody has a supercomputer in their pockets called a mobile phone. These things become, you know, the video gaming has become more accessible accessible to everyone of every type, right? Okay. So there's always something on offer for anyone and everyone in the world of video games. Yeah. If you don't like one game, there's something that is, there, there's something else that's gonna, you know, um, you know, it's, it's gonna stir you crazy, right? And this is really in stark contrast to the 80s and the 90s, the sort of the beginnings of video gaming history. You know, back in those days, it only it only really catered to one kinds of people. You know, one kind of people, really oh, okay, yes. two two kinds of people: kids, right, who were growing right. up, and also the sort of nerdy young adults, right. <laughs> yeah. So these were the only two types that really loved video gaming at the time. And the world saw gamers that way. You know, you're either a guy, you're either a little kid. If you love video games, you're either a kid, or you're some nerdy guy. You know, um, who basically didn't have a life, right. And that was sort of the negative stereotype. Okay. That was okay. that was sort of endowed upon gamers at that time. Totally different story in 2020. Totally different. 
Yeah. Yes, I see. But uh, can you can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why do you think uh, uh, people like playing video games? Uh, just uh, I, I'm trying to understand the reason why they do this, <laughs> and it's quite yeah. difficult to this is explain. A, this is a this is a believe it or not. Um, this is a sort of a question in what they call video game design, right? And there are these professionals called video game designers, oh, right? Okay. And they create, um, their job is to create um, systems that you play. Video games are like a system, like a, like a system way, a systematic way of doing things that that hook you psychologically. Uh-huh. They're, yes. desi- they're designed to be addictive, right? And there's there's a great deal of psychology that, and art That's that goes into this. That's key point, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I'm, there have been many articles on why, you know, from a psychological sense, because video game hang has become such a powerful force in modern life yes. that psychologists and psychiatrists have to deal with this problem. And when it becomes a problem, in people's lives, right? So uh, it's sort of closely tied in with sort of like behaviors of addiction, right? Some say it's sort of dof- uh, you know, it's just dopamine hits and sort of serotonin. And there's there's like neurochemistry oh, yeah. involved yeah, in all right. this, right? But ultimately, it's just fun. It's just fun, right? It's fun, but at the same time, many, many emotions come into it, right? Comp- the emotion of competition, jealousy, anger, Right, oh, okay. uh, depression, so, hopelessness—they're all kind of—it's a real emotion fest, right? That that, oh, that, that so, helps make yeah. people mm-hmm. feel these things. I think the word is feel—feel feel things they can't feel in their mundane, normal, routine, ordinary lives—that it becomes addictive, right? And this is not, you know, just just you know, localized just on the video games, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. anything from music to movies to you know something like even pro wrestling or even you know sports. They all make allow people to feel things, right? Well, video games allow people to feel, but they also allow people to ponder, think, okay, strategize, yeah. right? Um, to reflect upon life sometimes. Because, you know, I think video games have become more than just gaming. I think they've become some sort of art. And actually, can video games be considered art? Absolutely. Do you really think so? Uh, yeah, I, I actually think that I actually think it's probably the greatest form of art in the 21st century. Um, I actually think so. You know, there when I was a kid, there was sort of a wide belief among the art community that filmmaking was perhaps the greatest form of art because it combined everything from cinematography, from the visual down to the audio, yeah, down to performance, right. right, of the actors. Of course. It combined it all together and thus film directors, good ones, tended to be much older. Than, 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 you know, um, artists in art, other art forms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they needed to be the kind of people, like a maestro, they needed to be the kind of people that could coordinate all these different disciplines right. and create a um, a single, you know, well-flowing piece of art. And that, that took a long time to develop, right? So it's sort of filmmaking, when I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s, was considered like the, 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 the most pinnacle of art, right? Yeah. I think in the 21st century, that's a different case. I think film, I think video gaming does that, all that, combine all those disciplines together, plus it combines game design, right? Okay, a a well-designed game makes people want to keep playing it, right? Um, and then, of course, it it, uh, it, in, it encompasses the you know, programming, yes, right? Programming so... and, and language and all that. So it's actually more a complicated piece of art. And it's no wonder that, you know, really, really well-selling games around the world have a lot more money invested in the creation of it and more time goes okay. into creating it than movies, 
right? Yeah. Because you have hundreds, if not thousands, of people working on a single project, right? That's true. So Seems what true. used to be the big, big blockbusters of the back in the day, the budget of that is sort of you know the video game budgets today not only rival it but surpass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it costs it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to make these things now. If it is a triple A, what we call a triple A, which means the top of the yes, top of the range, I, I see. yes, uh-huh. yeah, top of the range kind of games. So, yeah. as far as I understand, video games combine uh, different kinds of art, like music, movies, mm. design, maybe, right? So yeah, that's why. We can say that definitely it's art nowadays. Well, right? it also affects other forms of art too. I mean, like um, the new series, uh, the Mandalorian, right? The Star Wars series that's sort of been getting uh-huh. momentum around the world, and a lot of Russians here have seen it and they loved it. Um, you know, this series. Do you know how this seri- series was filmed? Mm, actually, no. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> so. They have a three They put the actors. So you want uh-huh. to let's say you have a scene, right? It's about and it's futuristic, right? So it's yeah. space fantasy. So you're supposed to have like a like a like a futuristic bar, right? In some off-world planet full of aliens, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, what they did traditionally, what you would have is guys dress up in you know alien costumes, sitting yeah, around, yes. you know, and they have to actually design a bar and all these kind of things, right? They didn't have to do that with this film, with this series. So it's what they, yeah, what they did was they put actors in in costume in a gigantic 360 room full of, I think, 6K or 8K. So you know, oh. high, 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 ultra yes. high resolution yeah, right, right. screens, right? 360 degrees. Yes. Mm-hmm, okay. And they created the backdrop, the background, using. Um, what do you call video game technology? So they take an engine, what they call mm-hmm. video game engine, that's used to create um, shooters, what they call Unreal Engine. Right. Okay. Right. Very, very. It's a very reputed. It's a very. Um, it's a. It's a game engine that has been around for a very long time. Um, and it's it's in its uh, fourth edition now, and they use the Unreal Four engine to generate the background. Right. Okay. So you no longer need to. You, you no longer need to transport your cast and crew. If you're shooting a desert, you don't need to transport into the desert. Yes, you just course. need to. You just the computing guy just has to use the game engine to create a desert because it looks so right. photorealistic. These engines yeah, look right. so good, so real that you can get away with it now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're using okay. high definition screens to do that. That's one way that video game is making a huge contribution to the other arts. Yes, right? of course. That's that's interesting, and now it makes sense for me. Okay, and uh, but maybe we can talk about. Or we can look at video games from a different perspective, and I know that lots of people say and claim that uh, video games contain a lot of violence. So, what do you think about this this issue? Yeah, well, here's the thing about that. Look, this is this is something that came around. This was a big issue even in the '90s when when you know the video games really took off, started taking off right in its first steps. And um, the first game that um, really caused a stir was a game called Mortal Kombat, which was a fighting game. You know, it was it was yeah, like Street Fighter, but yeah, game. it was very popular. Um, and it was a hit amongst kids, right? Mm-hmm, um, right? Who spent their dollar coin, two dollar coins, to play these things, right? Um, the problem is, is it had a lot of violence. Even today, when you look at it, it has a lot of violence. I mean, it had and and the, and the biggest thing was, you know, one character ripping out another guy's head. And the spine coming out, or, or ripping out a guy's heart, or putting him—you know, like making him uh-huh. fall down a, 
you know, like like a pit oh, full of yeah. knives right, and blades, right, and being skewered by it. And this made parents around the world and the politicians around the world, yeah, you know, real apeshit. They went crazy, right? And they they started saying video games are going to start ruining our kids. They're going to turn them into psychopaths and murderers. Right. Now that was strike one. Uh-huh. Okay, the big strike came. The, the second strike was the biggest. It was was the most damaging thing. Have you heard of the Columbine massacre? Oh, yeah. no, I think. Or yeah. maybe... Yeah, Columbine High Massacre. So what Sounds happened... familiar. It's very familiar because it was the... It was uh, America's first real school shooting. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So these two high school students um, in, you know, they... They were avid players of a game called Doom. Doom was one of the representative games. Yeah. Um, even today, it's still very popular all around the world. And you know, it was the first kind of video game that allowed you to, from a first-person perspective, hold a gun and shoot um, other living mm-hmm. okay. creatures, right? So, um, and these guys were avid players of that game. Well, they came in with shotguns and automatic hand rifles and whatnot, and then and handguns, and then. They came and they just, you know, killed a whole bunch of kids, yeah. right? And it was revealed that they were into, you know, movies like The Matrix. You could see that they were, they had a lot of influence from The Matrix, the way they right. dressed, came to the school, right? right? And, um, you know, and there were avid video game players. And, and there was Strike 2. <clears throat> and basically, the world sort of started condemning video games and started putting ratings on it, right? So that... You know, certain kids can play certain games, and and, yeah. and you know, if you're if you're too young, you couldn't play certain games, and if you're old enough, you could play certain games, and it totally didn't work. It totally did not work oh. because no no kid really adhered. The parents didn't know what video gaming was. They didn't even know really yes, how to course. buy certain video right. games, right? right? So it never worked. The rating system never worked, and today it's almost universally ignored. Yeah, nobody oh, really cares. Okay, you know these things, but interestingly enough. Um, you know, as a, as as a lover of video games, I've always, you, we always stood on the on the um, on the on the side that video games do not cause psychological tendencies for violence. That was always our stance, right? Because we could see that music was doing, I'm sorry, movies were doing uh, just as good job, if uh-huh. not better. Yeah. Right. I mean, those those movies from the nineties were they really so realistic. Yeah. I mean, they were doing a better job. Interesting enough, a few years ago, I dated a psychologist, and uh, I t- we went into this topic, and she uh-huh. told me, she looked at, and I said, video games just don't cause violence. It's not true. She turned around, looked at me, and just you know shook her head and went, "It's uh, not what the research says." So she was sure they did. Yeah. Well, from the world of psychology and psychiatry. They've done research on this, right? Mm-hmm. So they've they've took test groups and whatnot, and and did a large scale, um, what do you call, um, uh, large scale uh, research uh-huh, on this. Okay. And the re- every research kind of shows that video games and pornography tend to create, you know, um, tendency for violence, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Violent behavior and violent thought, at least in young adolescents, right? So yeah. it's sort of been proven in their world, yeah, that that these things these things have a profound psychological damaging in effect in the world of psychology. In the world of psychology <laughs> and psychiatry, right? Okay. But the problem is, they are never going to win. I think they're never going to win. They're never going to convince the world. Do you Seems know why? True, yeah. Do you know why? No. Hundred fifty-two billion dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, that makes they're, sense. They're yeah, fighting with works. the one force. That, of course. that they cannot argue against, which so is money. Big money, yeah. This thing is is grown to the point where nobody can control it, really. 
Interesting enough, there was one nation that tried to control it. And I'm not sure how they're doing well with that, but we'll talk about that at a later point. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, because it's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, well, so we've been talking about psychology and psychiatry, and my next question is: Do you think video games have the power to affect human life and human relationships? Well, yeah. I mean, I've seen examples of that plenty of times throughout my lifetime. Right. I mean, let's start with the good. Okay. Right. Let's start okay. with the good. I mean, I, I've known people who've been through depression, right? Um, and you know, a lot of video games these days have stories, and some of these stories are written by you know, obviously professional writers mm -hmm. okay. who know right. their craft, yeah. right? And so they play story-driven games, and they're just like movies that you play, essentially. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. Non-game, like my girlfriend uh -huh. does not understand this. I told her it's art. And the, and the stories in it are just as good as the movies, if not better, okay. right? Yeah. She doesn't believe that. Mm -hmm. She really doesn't. But they, they are. They are really that good. They're top-notch writing, some of these, right? And as people, some people who, who are depressed play these games, they find hope. And I would say the one that has been representatively great in that is a game called The Last of Us. Right, um, it's a story. It's a post-apocalyptic story, and, and it's oh, sort of a okay. story about a love between a father who lost his daughter and a girl who's lost in life. Mm -hmm. Right, sort of coming together to create hope for the future okay. for themselves. Right, so these things have a profound effect in people's psychology, um, and in a positive way. Right, mm -hmm. in a positive way. Okay. And I've also seen people who have mental conditions. Yeah, downright mental conditions that wouldn't allow them to live normal social lives. Right, so guys who have, um, you know, um, you know, it's like a social anxiety disorders. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And and they find friends online. They find okay. friends playing yeah. games. They That's find cool. they find people that they can talk to, with the power of the internet. Now you don't you don't just text. You talk to them. Right. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. And I've seen people, who have these online friends that are very supportive of each other. Right. So. Yes, they've done the Corona whole thing before us, <laughs> right? They've done the whole online, you know, social distancing, all that stuff way before us, right? Of so, course. Yeah, so uh, I've seen some good friendships form from that. Yeah, I myself don't communicate with other gamers, right? Mm -hmm. I don't because I I tend to be a little bit of a lone wolf, yeah, even on on, on the online space, uh -huh, okay. right? So, um, yeah, I personally don't, but I've seen people who have, right? Yeah, sure. Now we can get into the bad stuff. Okay, right? we can get into the bad stuff. Okay, so. There is this subculture. I'll give you one example um, in Japan, and this is there. Are, there's about a million of them in Japan, right? And other countries around the world too, right? Not mm -hmm. just in Japan, What's right? That? They're called the hikikomori, right? Ooh, and these are guys. These are guys, young men usually, mostly, in their 20s and 30s, who trap themselves in the home, 24/7. And do nothing but play video wow. games and watch that's, anime. That's crazy. And they have absolutely no social lives, no ambitions. They live off government uh, money or their parents, right? And they just—it it basically is a modern-day recluse or what you call a hermit, yeah. right? And part of this, part of the, part of the thing that keeps them going in this little box they created there for themselves, mm -hmm, okay, is basically video games. They're video games, right? Because yeah, they're yeah, all of them are right. pretty much all avid video gamers or anime lovers, right? So, I mean, it can get to that. It, it allows people who are already inclined to be reclusive a tool to become even more reclusive, right? It's dangerous. It's like giving somebody who's violent a gun, right? right? Yes. It's, it's, yes. Not, it's not a good idea, right? Of course. 
But the difference is that guns are regulated. Video games are not well, really as yeah, regulated as much, right? So it can create some really bad situations, right? Um, um, you can actually go the other way. Yeah, sure, they lose sure, more yeah. hope the more they play games, right? And um, the other thing is, I suppose, um, you know, gamers, many gamers around the world have lost girlfriends and boyfriends. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was talking about this. I was at the Dart Show over the weekend. Yeah, um, because... A couple of weeks ago. Because yeah. they're isolated, yes, they yeah. like in their own shells. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was with a guy who was an American, and he's got a girlfriend who was Russian. I was with my girlfriend also. And we were, four of us were smoking hookah in the room, right? And... We came, uh, uh, the American guy and I started talking mm -hmm. about video games. We're both gamers. We we're both talking about this for, you know, we started talking about it for like 10 minutes. The girlfriends, our girlfriends started rolling their eyes and going, oh my God, they're talking about video <laughs> games. And they were talking about how much they hate us playing video yeah. games. Here we go again. Now, if we were not half decent people, mm -hmm. I could tell if we were not half decent people, they would leave us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so now it, does, it will okay. never get to that point with us. But because we're common sense people, but there are people who don't have much common sense, right? And they play these things right. while neglecting their girlfriends and boyfriends to mm -hmm. the point where, which is a problem, you just leave. Yeah, yeah, you have no choice. It's like dealing with, I guess, alcoholics or gamblers, mm -hmm. right? It's the same right. kind of addictive behavior, right? So, it's uh, it can be very, very, very damaging to human relationships. Yeah, it's it's a problem, right? You're right. Okay, and uh, so Mike, you've been here for a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been in Russia, right, mm -hmm. for a year. Mm -hmm. So, what's your experience with the video gaming culture here in Russia? <laughs> it's um, it's a very vibrant. <laughs> it's a very very vibrant environment for video gaming. Um, and I was wondering why that was, and I think mm -hmm. I know the I know the perfect reason for it here, at least here in Siberia. So what's that? Your weather. <laughs> Your oh, weather. Really? Weather. When it comes to the winters here, I mean, it gets cold here eight months of the year, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So outdoor activity becomes challenging, more challenging and expensive. Oh, right. Right. Well, if you go to the the video gaming stores here, they're pretty big. They're sizable. Mm -hmm. Right. They're doing good business. You can tell. Right. So a lot of Russians, when it comes to the winters and whatnot, um, or even the cold springs or the autumn, uh -huh. they want to sit at home. There's a lot of indoor culture here. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and when they're okay. and when they're indoors, you got to do something, right? Right, and you can't invite friends all the time. Yeah, so sure. people like to fire up their gaming machines. They like to play video games. They mm -hmm. like to read anime. They like to read books. There's a lot of that, and and video gaming is kind of like an established indoor culture here. Oh yes, yeah. okay. So I agree. It's I can tell that it's very very profitable here mm -hmm. in Russia, and and you know um, you know being profitable means there are a lot of people who are fans of video games. And, and have it as a routine. And thus, I can see the same kinds of problems that could develop here when it comes to video uh -huh, gaming, okay. you know, it affecting human life and relationships. Sure. I think, yes, Ru I don't same. think Russia is exempt from that at all. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, know how, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know how you feel about the, the current culture of video gaming and gamers in, in, in Russia. I mean, is that, is that a societal, is that, has it reached the point of being a society's problem or a societal problem or? Well, I don't think that it's a problem, really. Yeah, of no. course, uh, uh, I agree with some points that, uh, in terms of maybe violence, it can be dangerous for not for all gamers, but for maybe for uh, children or uh, like adolescents who's um, how to say maybe uh, who wants to or who who don't have much experience, much life experience, and that's why they try to copy some 
some patterns or behavior from from video games. But in general, I think, uh, of course, it's quite okay, and lots of people do this. They have positive experience mostly. Yeah, What's well. the history with that? Have there been any major shootings or stabbings or any sort of violent behavior affecting society? Well, in as far as I know, fortunately, we we haven't had such cases. Right, and and which is good. Which is good. I mean, I mean, 144 million people. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there must be an incredible size of video gamers here, and a number mm-hmm. of them. Yet. So maybe psychologists and psychiatrists should do research on this, right? Why why is it that in Russia is not a problem? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's a good topic for research. What about reclusiveness? The hermit, the hikikomori culture we talked about before. Um, well, it may be a problem because I think that anyway, uh, uh, yeah. teenagers, uh, they, they share the same characteristics. They, they share maybe the same behavior and that's why uh, they can be. They can stay at home all the time. Yeah. Uh, just uh, playing computer games. Yeah. I, uh, from my experience, I yeah. can tell you, uh, I had one student, but it was maybe uh, around five or seven years ago, and he was a gamer and yeah. just uh, he he did really badly at school because at university because he played all the time and mm. uh, of course it was was not good for him and uh, it uh, it caused some uh, just negative things maybe in terms of his uh, relationships with other students fellow students because he was quiet he didn't want to communicate much and uh, also he had some problems with his school I mean in terms of academic performance, mm. so so it did affect his life yeah, and relationships, yes, no yes, matter right. what. Right. So there are but, those kind of guys. yeah. For example, right. but when we started talking about video gaming and computer games, he was just wow. I know everything about this topic. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me share my experience with you. And right. It was in this case, it was good for him. It was good. So he yeah. later on in life, he would have found. A circle of friends who think on the same kind of. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. I mean, I mean, I've seen some Russians here who learned a lot of English by playing video games. And, yeah. and that's that's an interesting point. And yeah. So, do you think that uh, video games can be a good tool when you learn English? Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe other yeah, cer- certain kind of games. Like, for example, certain role-playing games are so story-rich. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of text that's in them rivals a, I would say, a novel. Yeah, a small uh-huh. novel, at least. Okay. Right. And I, I told this to the, one of the Russian girls the other, other week, and, and she didn't believe it. She wasn't buying any of that. But, I mean, but she doesn't know the world like I do. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, some of these really have a lot of text to read, a lot of listening, a lot of, yeah, like I said, it has become a storytelling art, right? Form of art, right? So, video games can teach you English, absolutely. right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah. that's good. Okay. And, well, uh, I have one more question. So, what countries dominate the video gaming world as an industry? Because we, you mentioned some countries, right? Yeah, I mean, there are some countries that are very prominent in this. I suppose when it comes to the profits, yeah, so where a lot of those uh, $152 billion come from, right? We talked about. Obviously, this is in order. Yeah. So mm-hmm. China, USA, Japan, South Korea, and Germany. These are the top five. Yeah. This is, okay. and, 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 you know, 
you know, it's not uh, it's not an accident that professional gamers come from these countries the most, right, around the world. Yeah, that right? makes sense. Um, and the but when it comes to development of the industry, pretty much USA and Japan dominate. Okay. Yeah, they dominate these things. Yeah, because they are the two big. But however, there are studios all around the world that also contribute as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably the most okay. well-known one is a Polish developer called CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Um, okay. So they they created the Witcher series. Um, well, it was based on a book, but they created the, the video gaming series that that became a hit. And now Netflix has sort of oh, yeah. taken it up and created mm-hmm. a season out of it. Um, and they are highly respected. You know, they're highly, highly respected, but there are, they started off as a little, you know, Polish developer that has now gone global, okay, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. But I suppose uh, the biggest problematic area in gaming today, and perhaps seen as a problematic area, I suppose, by the world, is China. Really? Why? Yeah, Why China, China, China. Well, this was a, there was an incident last year. Um, it was called the Blizzard Incident. Blizzard is a gaming company that created oh. a very popular series called World of Warcraft and, and, and Diablo and these sort of games. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, it was a problem because, um, well, you remember last year, still today, I suppose it affects the Hong Kong riots. Yes. Yes. yes you remember so, those yeah, around yeah. the world, right? Fight for democracy kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Well, China has a very authoritarian way of doing business. And I can understand from their point of view that they need to control that because they have 1.4 billion Uh people, unlike everybody else around the world. Well, what happened was, is that during an eSports tournament, I think it was StarCraft or something, Mm -hmm. um, basically one of the top players had won the competition and the prize money was uh-huh. quite large. It was, okay. it was it was in the six figures, right? Wow. Um, and it was US dollars, right? And he came up, his winning speech was stand up for Hong Kong, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. And then I immediately see. Chinese government put pressure on Blizzard to drop him. So he yeah. didn't receive his prize money. He was stripped of his title, right? Wow. And, and and for doing that. Now, you have to understand something. Blizzard is an American company, right? It belongs uh-huh. to liberal okay. democracies. Okay, yeah, right? you're right. Right, liberal democracies, mm-hmm. right? I see. It's freedom of speech. We respect freedom of speech. But because in China, if you want to do business, you have to adhere to all of their authoritarian demands. And and one of those demands is you do not speak ill of the government or go against it in any shape or form uh-huh. whatsoever. Okay, You'll be dropped okay. as a business, right? So it a lot. It started. We started thinking about. So the gamers around the world started thinking: Is it wise to do business with these guys? Right? Is it wise for our, our, the companies from our nations to go into these countries and then start changing their tune on certain issues? Okay. Right? Because they need to do business in this huge market called China. So they would sell out essentially. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Profit over principles. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's began to really question us on our morality and ethics. Right. Yeah. And then, right. but, but, but I see it also from the Chinese point of view. Right. Is that in China, it is unacceptable for guests to insult the host. And mm-hmm. as far as the China is okay. concerned, yeah. any company that comes into China to do business is a guest. Yes. Right. right. So you have must adhere to strict rules. And if you go out of them, if you deviate, we don't do business with you. Right. So, you, mm-hmm, you so I understand punished, their yeah. point of view, uh-huh. but at the same time, it goes against our principles. Okay. Right? Yes, now I understand. Mm-hmm. So in this case, what's the future of this video gaming culture? So I think it's going to go VR, virtual reality. You know, those things that you wear in your, on your heads and you can see things in 3D and experience uh-huh. it. I think that is going to be the next, next great um, interactivity. It allows interactivity in ways that uh, um, other ways just 
just can't do, right?、Yeah. And I just think that in、that、the quarantine、right. world, in the quarantine world, combined with the power of video gaming, it's going to create a VR sort of revolution. Next wave will be a big one. Because imagine we're teaching classes online、yeah, in front、right. of a screen. Imagine now you can do conferencing and meetings and teachings, 3D. Almost imitating, mimicking real life situations,、oh, yes. real life, real、right. life,、uh, you know, real life meetings and stuff, right? Right, right. Perhaps we don't need to travel to school anymore, right? And that's a great convenience. We find out through this quarantine that that you know, being stuck at home doing things online can be a boon. That's true. Yeah, yeah can be a great boon here. So, I think that the power of gaming, the way that it, that force, that unstoppable force drives technology, combined with our need to stay at home. Will bring okay, something. Right, will、right. bring something. Some sort、something、of new technological, new,、yeah. you know, revolution in our daily lives. And I think that's that's a very very likely scenario. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked a lot about video games today. Yeah, and thank you so much, Mike, because a lot of information was new for me. Oh, and you're so, welcome.、Yeah. Okay, guys, this was the Big Apple School podcast. This is Mike, and this is Vladimir signing off. <laughs>